When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Josh Kennedy from the Black Moods, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello again, Martin Popoff, back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and 40 other podcast platforms. Uh, This is episode 56. This is one I've had planned for a little while. Um, I quite enjoyed doing uh, our show on the ACDC family, the family of bands that sound like ACDC or are part of the... Well, actually, they're more or less just sound like ACDC. They're not really really particularly part of the family. A little bit here and there. Um, But this one's going to be a little more insane. Some of these are indeed part of the family with uh, with some ties, some tenuous ties, whatever. Um, but they're definitely uh, part and parcel of the Motorhead sound and the family and the whole scene back there in the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, so yeah, these are bands associated uh, with Motorhead. We're not going to have any actual Motorhead as part of this uh, because there are five bands that I do want to talk about here uh, that are part of this thing. Okay, so um, so let's start off, and we'll explain. They're all part of this uh, part of the you know the, the Motorhead gathering, the Motorhead beer drinking uh, gang um, in in different ways. Take a listen. To this this is our first one and, sh- and we shall discuss this is the damned with liar All right, so the whole idea here is uh, is we're going to be talking about people that are hanging about in that heady London scene in the in the uh, late seventies into the early eighties when Motorhead were about town. Lemmy, Fast Eddie, uh, Filthy Animal, Taylor. Um, so the Damned were one of these bands um, that helped give Motorhead this reputation as a band that could be a little bit crossoverish. Obviously, Motorhead had sort of a a dirty uh, dirty sound and kind of a bikerish look. You know, they had long hair and stuff, but they were they were accepted by the punks. They were accepted as cool. And what's cooler than Motorhead? Nothing, right? Um, but we've got the Damned in here um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, so this is this is my favorite Damned album. This is the this is the third album. They actually kind of broke up for a little in between. But this album, they've got Algie Ward in on uh, on bass, and uh, and Algie is going to be part of another band we're going to be talking about later in the episode, Tank. Um, so that's one way he's part of the family. Um, but you know. 
He's a bass player. Uh, the Damned at this point have this crazy bass player who's just driving these songs. They sound a little bit like Motorhead. Damned is almost like the Motorhead of the punk scene, uh, more or less. I mean, you've got Rat Scabies in there on drums. Him and Phil are both these manic, crazy, you know, fast drummers. Really cool stuff. Um, but one other thing with The Damned... Um, I mean, number one, uh, you know, the guys hung out together and they liked each other. Um, but um, when they actually had one of their chaotic broken up uh, periods, they they went out and did a, did a couple of shows as The Doomed and Lemmy actually guested with them. So Lemmy actually played with the Dan, believe it or not, uh, which is pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought this was kind of a cool thing. So Lemmy crossing over into this, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Phil Linett crossing over and doing the Greedies or the Greedy Bastards with the Sex Pistols guys. So Lemmy is kind of in there um you know on the on the other side of town on the on the fast chaotic side of town with the damned who are one of my favorite bands of all time um in there doing this so this is so this is kind of cool and then um you know, and, and like I said, basically, uh, you know, Motorhead could sound like a crossover punk band and Damned could sound like a crossover metal band at times. I mean, that's why I loved both bands. Um, so, yeah, you listen to this record and uh, Machine Gun Etiquette and it's, well, the, the first Damned album, of course, is is pretty chaotic and wild and punky. Uh, but this one is probably even more so because it's also got some sort of foreboding, thick atmosphere to it. It's an absolute masterpiece. Um, but there is definitely a Motorhead feel to it. Okay. So there's our first one. Second one in our Motorhead family, episode 56 here, History in Five Songs. Um, take a listen to this. This is Saxon with Freeway Mad. I'm All right, so why are Saxon part of this? I mean, they're even more part of it. Uh, you know, Saxon's most meaningful first kind of touring dates were with Motorhead on the Bomber tour. Um, you know, Saxon, of course, uh, other, you know, the main crossover, I would think, or one of the big ones is that, you know, Motorhead eventually had their big Bomber lighting uh Lighting Trust, uh, you know, came with the Bomber album, obviously. Uh, and then Saxon actually had their big Eagle Lighting Trust. So they've got that in common. They also have in common that they both started with kind of a dodgy, not there, not really all there debut album, Saxon with Saxon, Motorhead with Motorhead. So they're both self-titled as well. Motorhead's was in 77. Saxon's was in 79. And then they both basically, um, their second album, they they had, you know, an absolute, um, you know, uh, they, they saw God and they basically uh, came up with, you know, a masterpiece of new modern metal that helped kick off the the, uh, the new wave of British heavy metal. That would be Bomber with, um, with Mo- I mean, that would be Overkill with, uh, with Motorhead and it would be Wheels of Steel um, with Saxon. So Saxon is in uh, April 3rd, 1980, so early 1980, kind of just the start of the new wave of British heavy metal. You've got Iron Maiden in there. You've got the metal from other stuff coming out, kind of February, March, 1980, those tours. Um, and then and then Motorhead is kind of doing this a little earlier. Um, 
you know, they both also, a couple of things about them. I mean, they both had kind of landmark live albums that helped kind of uh, make their name. Saxon with uh, The Eagle Has Landed and Motorhead even more so with, uh, you know, the famed and notorious number one on the British charts uh, live album, uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. And and both bands um, are part of the club of bands that had two studio albums out in one year. Motorhead in 1979 with Overkill and Bomber. Saxon in 1980 with Wheels of Steel and strong arm of the law but yeah they toured together um they liked each other um you know saxon which you can hear in this song uh, basically had that gritty uh recorded rough on purpose fast a little bit punky i mean saxon was another band that that said you know we kind of took some of that energy we drew some inspiration from the punks unlike steve harris from iron maiden who hated the punk stuff um so you can hear that a little bit in their sound they both have that that sort of biker theme to them they both have the the kind of dress down look um they both kind of came up with the bullet belt thing going um so yeah they're they're both this this earthy kind of um, you know from the streets street rock and roll motor you know bikerish uh, fast quick tempos. Uh, kind of sound and they toured together they played together on a lot of bills so basically you know they go together perfectly in the new wave of British heavy metal Saxon and Motorhead and Iron Maiden are probably the three bands you think of first when you think of uh, of the new wave of British heavy metal all right so uh so let's take a break we'll be right back all right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Um, this is episode 56, The Motorhead Family. We're talking about bands that um, that have uh, that are part of that Motorhead uh, orbit. Um, our third one is, uh, is Girl School. Take a listen to this. This is uh, Come On, Let's Go, uh, first track on their second album. Right, so uh, so the first album's Demolition, 1980. This is Hit and Run, comes out April 20th, 1981. So we're right in the thick of the new wave of British heavy metal, kind of right, right in the middle of it. Girl School, great band. Um, you know, their their thing going was that, you know, it was all girls. Um, but they definitely had kind of a fast punky motorhead sound um you know when they started off they were they were a little bit of a punky band punky pop band um but then they got you know pretty heavy pretty fast kind kind of a bikerish feel kind of a bikerish look to them as well um you know they started kind of taming down with screaming blue murder a little bit but these, these first two albums are very uh, kind of motorhead like another crossover with them is that uh you know, both both their first two albums were produced by Vic Mail, who uh, produced after Jimmy Miller did the um, you know the um, uh, the uh, o- uh, Overkill and Bomber, and before that I believe it was Speedy King on the first one, uh, Speedy Keen. Um, Vic Mail produced uh, Ace of Spades, so so Vic Mail is in here, nineteen eighty one, doing both Girl School and and Motorhead. Uh, Lemmy loved this band. You know, Lemmy has a thing actually with. Um, 
he loves to see girls that rock. Remember Skunk and Anzi, Wendy O. Williams. He's got this long history of support, supporting, uh, you know, bands with women that rock. It, it amuses him, right? He thinks it's really cool and he wished it would happen more often. Um, and I think he had a romantic dalliance with somebody in girl school and Wendy O. Williams, I believe. Um, but basically... Um, yeah, they, they, they liked each other, they admired each other, they toured together. Um, but basically, um, another really cool thing that they did is they got together and did a collaboration EP, right? They did the uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre uh, EP, uh, came out Valentine's Day, uh, February 1981. Um, and uh, really, really cool uh, thing they did on this. Um, they did a cover of a Johnny Kidd song called Please Don't Touch, and it's got a really interesting kind of like echoey, perky just really grooving but up-tempo uh, rhythm section thing. And it's got these these really cool, uh, you know, collaborative male and female vocals on it. And then they also covered uh, Bomber by Motorhead. So it was Kelly, Enid, and Kim, and Denise. Uh, and then and then Lemmy collaborated with them on the girls' school song, Emergency. It was, that was um, Lemmy, Eddie, and Denise. Um, and then, yeah, Please Don't Touch was Lemmy, Kelly, Eddie, uh, Enid, Kim, and Denise. Um, so kind of cool. So they got together and did a Motorhead song. They did a girls' school song, and then they did this kind of old rock and roll song. You know, this is more Lemmy's roots probably than the girls' school roots, but really, really cool version. Take take a listen to that. Um, please don't touch old Johnny Kidd song. I, I I think it's a fantastic job uh, that they do on it. So so yeah, girls' school, love it. You know, you know they're in there and they just naturally, even without the Motorhead connection, uh, had kind of a um a bikerish fast punky uh rock and roll sound um that that went with it so well so there you go um next one um okay so here we go take a listen to this this is our fourth selection here on history and five songs with martin popoff this is tank with blood guts and beer i got a friend real close to me Alright, love this album. This is the debut Tank album, March 1982, Filth Hounds of Hades. Um, and, you know, the big connection here is that this is actually produced by Fast Eddie Clark. So so uh, Fast Eddie, the guitarist for Motorhead, of course, uh, produced this first Tank album. And he also is the producer on uh, on their Iron Fist album. Uh, bit of a long, convoluted story, but, but that actually kind of helped uh, Eddie get fed up and want to leave the band, more or less, uh, because he just felt overworked. He, he felt that the record didn't turn out completely optimally for him. We're talking about Iron Fist here um, because he had to produce and be the guitarist in the band, kind of writing songs and playing guitar at the same time. He felt a little overworked. He felt, you know, essentially that, that the idea was we're not going to get a producer uh, because because uh, essentially it saved money. I mean, they, they didn't have to pay a producer. Something else I forgot to mention, um, you know, Motorhead were on bronze, 
Jerry Bronze label that, you know, made famous by Uriah Heep. Uh, so Motorhead were on Bronze in the UK and Girl School were also on Bronze. Um, so that's kind of cool. There's a, there's a little bit of a, a, a crossover there. But the other cool thing about Tank is that, um, well, okay, so first of all, they're a trio like Motorhead. Um, and we talked about Algie Ward uh, earlier, Alistair Ward, who was in The Damned. He was the bass player on uh, on that album. I know Captain Sensible did a little bass on Machine Gun Etiquette as well. But here, Alistair is the bass player and the vocalist, just like Lemmy and Motorhead is the bass player and vocalist. And Algie has like a like a totally Lemmy sort of voice. I mean, not a lot of people have a Lemmy kind of voice, but... But Algie has a voice with a lot of vocal fry. And, you know, as a lyricist, I got to say, um, Algie is a really good lyricist with a good sense of humor and, and a good sort of turn of phrase, just like Lemmy. So there's a lot of things about Algie and and Lemmy that, that are similar. And they're in here on a trio. And what does this trio sound like? I've often called them the thinking man's motorhead. Now, when I say that, I'm usually talking a little bit more about the music than the lyrics. I would say I would say Lemmy's lyrics are even better and more intelligent than Algie's lyrics, but they do have that similarity that they're both a little more elevated uh, than you would expect on this kind of music. Um, but musically, I almost think that I prefer Tank in their golden period, even over Motorhead in their golden period, and that's where I like calling them the thinking man's Motorhead, because... They have a lot more kind of complicated arrangements and riffs, kind of cooler riffs, a little more note density to them. They're they're just a little more heavy metal than Motorhead. You know, Motorhead is is more of that, you know, heads down, see you at the end of the song kind of thing. A little bit more punky, a little bit more straight line. Um, but Tank, you know, uh, you know, this record, Blood, Guts, and Beer is uh, is amazing. Um, but uh, there's other classics on this album, and then I love Power of the Hunter, the second album. A lot of people don't like it. They they consider it to be like a little bit too musical and toned down. And then I even love their third album, This Means War, where there's kind of longer songs and kind of a war theme. And that's the other thing with Tank that, that has a similarity to Motorhead in that, you know, they, they both like this preoccupation with with war th- war themes and, and war history and battle songs, right? Um, so they're, they're both that kind of big. Band as well so yeah tank totally in there they're a trio i know by the fourth album they're um or i mean by the third album they're uh they're already yeah they're already four guys at that point and then they do another pretty good album too honor and blood and then and then the lineups change and then you know long story but there's there becomes almost two competing tanks way later in life uh where algae Algie's an interesting dude. I mean, I, I, I finally got to interview him a few years ago, and it was really, really tough because he has a really acerbic sense of humor, but also I've heard that he is almost, almost, almost completely deaf. And of course, this is a phone interview. I'm talking to him, you know, down the line to the UK. But uh, he's still an amazing, amazing songwriter. Play those recent Motorhead albums. They they are all, if not all or most or whatever, I, I believe they, they got Drum Machine, but doesn't really sound like drum machine and the songs are fantastically written and then there's the competing motorhead uh, i mean uh, the competing tank uh, that's been going you know without him you know i i i kind of think he's such an important part of it that that he has to be part of it so to me the other tank is kind of even more the the legitimate one and and because he's such a great songwriter um i just i just love that about them but um 
But no, so Tank, you know, has their golden period, and their golden period is is certainly these first three albums, and maybe maybe the fir- the first four. Honor and Blood is a pretty pretty cool album too. Um, so there you go. That is our um, that is our number four. Let's move on. Um, take a lesson. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Warfare with Electric Mayhem. Right, so that's a little hard on the ears. Um, when you know, getting ready for this episode, I played some selections from their their debut from 1984, Warfare's debut, Pure Filth, and this is from Metal Anarchy 1985. So we're we're way up into uh, you know the the new wave of British heavy metal is dead by this point. Um, but the sound of this band, um, they're definitely really rough and ready. Um, but the thing about this and where there is the crossover is, first of all, um, this is produced by Lemmy and Guy Bidmead. So Lemmy is the producer of this album. Uh, Wurzel from Motorhead is in on, um, you know, the short-lived Motorhead, um, you know, guitarist Wurzel, second guitarist. Um, so so Wurzel is, uh, is in there on backing vocals plus guest guitar. Um, but yeah, so Lemmy is producing. Uh, the production is quite quite a mess on this. It even varies kind of here and there. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about the vocals, but... So Warfare has their own Lemmy type uh, guy in the band, like a like a really sort of character in Evo. He's another guy, just like Alistair Algy. I I finally got to interview later in life, and he also is a really really tough interview for exactly the same reason. He's hard hard to understand. He's got a big accent. His his mind kind of goes all over the place. He's a little addled, but he's also you could tell he's kind of intelligent too. Um, exactly like Algy. It's it's pretty interesting um but uh but yeah i thought that was interesting and and also another another crossover here is that the 1984 album pure filth was produced by algae so algae Ward produces uh the 84 album and lemmy uh with guy bidmead produces the 85 album and uh and also okay so generally what you heard from this song is that they sound like motorhead i mean they sound like like a really punky cross between motorhead uh, kind of girl school writing values, which you know aren't that great along the uh, along the early years. But they also even have a little bit of that, um, a little bit of the damn too. But but I, I want to say also a little more. They cross over into crossover. They cross over into hardcore. So they're a little bit like vibrators later on in life, and certainly like like. Um, the UK subs at the beginning. So 79, another kind of blues. I often call that the first hardcore album of all time. Uh, the second album, certainly a um, li- little less in the middle, but then, you know, later on in life. So Warfare kind of went on and kept making records that nobody bought and they're really obscure. So did the UK subs. So did the vibrators. You know, so Warfare uh, are definitely, they almost kind of like start lapsing more into the punk and the hardcore, UK hardcore zone uh, than even the metal zone. Um, you know, one of the things they're famous for is their, um, 
you know, really sort of dirty rock and dirty biker metal uh, cover of Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, so that was early on. They have, you know, it's a long story. A pure filth. I, I know in Canada here it came with this Two Tribes EP. So there's this EP that came out separately in the UK or whatever. And and they they definitely got a little notoriety with this Two Tribes thing. Um, so yeah, so you can put you can uh, you can put warfare in this in this camp as well. I we always did, you know, when the new wave of British heavy metal was happening, you know, just like we did an episode here called Dirty Hair Metal. Uh, this is this is dirty new wave of British heavy metal. So this is the dirty biker end of the new wave of British heavy metal. And the other cool thing I wanted to mention about warfare and and how they kind of fit this whole thing is that they almost take us into you could almost do a whole nother episode on this recording badly on purpose recording really bikerish thing but moving away from the motorhead camp and getting into a little more of the venom camp and then and so warfare is almost like an exact cross between motorhead and venom in a way as well uh again with that with that d-beat hardcore thing going um but also it takes us a little bit into the fact that you know warfare is on neat records and they're coming from newcastle and so then you can you can move into um you know this dirty new wave of british heavy metal thing there's almost like you could call it a third clump which is the neat family of dirty new wave of British heavy metal. And you can include in that things like Avenger, uh, Tyson Dog, Jaguar, certainly with that first album, Power Games. What a great, great, you know, heavy, just grinding, fast, cool, you know, slightly motorheadish, but really, really smart, good songwriting uh, on that Jaguar Power Games album. But yeah, Avenger, Tyson Dog, and, you know, stretching it a little bit, but, you know, the, the fast, chaotic, values you could almost describe a little bit to raven on rock until you drop and uh and wiped out right definitely not on all for one but definitely the first two so there you go so there you go into the um the dirty new ava british heavy metal moving away so we've got a motorhead family we've got a venom family a little bit um and we've got and we've got this neat family this newcastle family so 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 there you go warfare kind of fits in that one um so that's it so let's wrap up that is uh that is the motorhead family of the new wave of british heavy metal bands let me know if there's anybody i forgot i think there are probably definitely a few i forgot i could almost put fist in here there's definitely definitely some bands from uh the samplers like certainly from um new electric warrior sampler there's bands that you can put in here. I remember Oxum on there, and what's the other one called? There's there's some cool bands on there. And then, yeah, there's a lot of bands. Weapon. There's bands that just put out uh, singles, tons and tons of singles bands uh, that you include in, include in here on well uh, as well. But these are the bands that had albums out. They toured with Motorhead. They hung out with Motorhead. And, uh, and it's just one big, happy biker metal family. All right. Um... So let's wrap up there. Um, you can go to our Facebook page. Check us out there. You can go to martinpopoff.com for your book needs. What do I got? Oh, yeah. So I, I've actually got um, my my book on the early lineup of Motorhead. I actually have back in stock. So I've got Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, the Motorhead book, available at martinpopoff.com. There's PayPal buttons. I signed them all. I shipped them out of my office. And uh, one of my recent, recent books happens to be on Saxon called Denim and Leather, Saxon's First Ten Years. 
Um, so, so that is available as well. I still have copies of that. Um, just had a, an Iron Maiden trilogy just got completed. We're working on um, a Thin Lizzy visual biography that's going to be like the uh, Blue Oyster Cult one. So that's kind of cool. And actually the Blue Oyster Cult one, uh, I actually have that coming back uh, into stock as well soon. All right, let's wrap up there. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Go play some of this stuff. You know, especially, I must say, if you, if you haven't been converted to The Damned, go play The Damned. I've been telling people this for, for ages. In the last 20 years, there's not a band I've played more than The Damned. All right, talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.